0: Welcome to the Maven Nation. Maven Nation, your tactical podcast to getting more, 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 or less with your host, Michael Andrew.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. It's Michael the Maven coming to you from Maui, Hawaii. And I have an incredible encyclopedia-like knowledge person on the podcast this morning. His name is Richard Financio. He is the CEO of Proven Nutrition. He is also the creator of a drink. I don't think we can call it an energy drink anymore. Uh, Corfit, which I've been using for about a year and a half. I, I love it. And then uh, I've been using it. And then I met Richie. And Richie, thank you for coming to the show this morning. We're thrilled to have you on.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm really excited to be here.
1: So right off the bat, I wanted to ask you a question about energy drinks. Specifically, there's, there's a, a requirement in order to be call something an energy drink. What
0: is that requirement? So that requirement is usually a stimulant usually consisting of caffeine.
1: So if something has enough caffeine in it, it can be called an energy drink. Yes. So let me get this straight. If Coca-Cola has enough caffeine in it, can I call that an energy drink? You know, I'm, I'm not too sure. But it's something, you know, we've got these monster drinks, we have all these other energy drinks, you know, they're loaded with all kinds of stuff and people are paying four or $5 a can.
0: Is that right? Something like that? They are. That's crazy it's crazy looking at, at energy as, as a stimulant. And I think that's kind of part of the confusion.
1: So what is the difference between a stimulant and energy would be the question?
0: Sure. So people say, um, energy, energy, energy all the time. And I think a lot of the times they're thinking stimulant caffeine. Now, when we're talking about energy, especially when it comes to performing and performance, when our body needs energy, it's not the food in our tummy. It's not our body fat. It's what's inside of our muscles which is carbs, sugar, or glycogen. Okay. But it's the stored carbohydrates inside of the muscle cell. That's actually providing fuel. Fuel, exactly. So let's say you're running. When you're running, you are depleting the carbohydrates out of the muscle cells inside of your legs, and your body is using those carbohydrates or glycogen as energy.
1: Okay, so the question, the thought I have now is let's say I drink uh, – a caffeine-free Coke that has the enough caffeine in it to be considered a stimulant and I'm not getting any fuel. It's technically not not fueling my muscles, but the, in some cases, if it has those requirements, it could be called an energy drink. Is, is that what I'm getting? I believe it could be, yes. So that's really strange because what's happened then in society is that we've been re- we've been reconditioned to call energy drinks things that have nothing to do with fuel. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Wow. And that's a huge, 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 uh, confusing part, especially when it comes to performance and performing, especially when you're an athlete or someone that's just trying to be health conscious or healthy.
1: So these, these drinks like monster and whatnot, in your opinion, are they good? Are they
0: bad? Are they ripoff? What do you think? Oh, I, I think they're, they're overall bad. I, you know, I think everything has a place and has a purpose and can be used. I think a lot of things can be abused, but um, definitely there's an abuse of the amount of sugar and stimulants uh, being used inside of there.
1: And I think that's what kind of people, they think they're, you know, they're fe- surely feeling the effects of the caffeine and surely feeling the effects of the sugar. And so they drink, they drink these drinks and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, on a buzz or whatever. Yeah.
0: A big problem where this comes in is in the supplement industry, they're calling energy drinks pre-workouts. Are you familiar with this? I've heard them. Yes. Okay, so when you go into a supplement store, uh, they sell energy drinks as pre-workouts. And you buy the pre-workout thinking you're going to get some kind of performance. But really, the performance is masked by a large amount of stimulants.
1: Interesting. So, caffeine. And
0: sometimes very (laughs) questionable stimulants.
1: What are some of the other stimulants outside of caffeine? you're, you know, is it B12 or is it, what are some other things? Um,
0: they're, they're just, uh, there's a lot of different things that these companies spike into there. It's something I kind of stay away from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a federin was a really big one back in the day. Yep. Um, a lot of times there's no regulation on the amount of caffeine and really what they're doing is they're using several different kinds of caffeine. So there's different forms of caffeine and each one breaks down at a different rate. Interesting. So It's not necessarily that it's bad. It's a tool and it can be used. But like we started this conversation discussing the caffeine and the stimulant is not energy. So when our, our brains number one energy source, the majority of our brain really prefers to run off of carbohydrates. That makes makes sense. Sure.
1: Sure. Uh, Physiologically, what is caffeine doing to our bodies?
0: Well, it's doing a lot of different things. So, you know, It can be used for performance. It can be used for a lot of different cognitive benefits, appetite control. It is a tool. It's nothing that I use in any of my products. I stay away from caffeine and I stay away from stimulants because I want to stay focused on what really is energy, energy for our body and energy for our brain. So when people talk to me about energy, I want them to stay, stay really focused on What exactly is energy? And energy is more the carbohydrates that our body and brain loves to function Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And even fats. All of the organs in the human body can run off of the fats in our diet except for the human brain. The human brain is the one organ that prefers to run off of carbohydrates. Interesting.
1: Interesting. So core and core fit – the, this energy drink that I see, I can't even say, it's technically not an, it's not an energy
0: drink. It is and it isn't. It's, it is and it isn't. So a, there's no stimulant inside of it, okay. but there is something called isomaltilose. So isomaltilose is a carbohydrate that they use in the medical field whenever they want to wake the brain up for a cognitive brain scan. Interesting. So it's very low glycemic and it's a complex carbohydrate. So I'm sure a lot of your listeners already know this, but let's talk about it one more time there's two different kinds of carbohydrates. There's a simple carbohydrate where the molecule is very simple and it's so simple it's really easy for the body to digest. So the body digests it so quick that it really doesn't have anything to do with the energy so in a lot of humans it stores it away as body fat. Okay. Now complex carbohydrates, the molecule is very long and complex so it takes a long time for the body to break it down as it breaks it down it efficiently has enough time to send a little bit to the muscle cell so it can get stored away as energy for later and it burns the rest off as needed but there are not many forms of complex carbohydrates so it's really difficult to incorporate these into our diet and get them into our body throughout the day so there's brown rice oatmeal sweet potato yams quinoa not too many. And that's why we specifically put the isomaltilose, that complex carbohydrate, inside of Core Fit. And it's only at eight grams. So it's a really synergistic amount where it's enough to give the body energy, but not too much where it's gonna get stored away or not used and utilized.
1: Interesting. So I definitely wanna come back to CoreFit in just a second. I have a couple other questions. Um, so and by the way, the the core fit is absolutely incredible. I didn't know what was in it. Um, something that I I don't think a lot of people understand is that first of all, simple sugars, these disaccharides or things like in table sugar and things that, you know, sucrose and fructose and a lot of the things that you can, you can are easily readily available. It's in a lot of foods. And that does something to our blood levels that you briefly went over. You talked about it in terms of a glycemic level. What is all that about? What is a high glycemic food and what is it doing to our bodies?
0: Okay, so this is really important. Um, We've heard of things having a high glycemic index or a low glycemic index. Um, So really what we're trying to do is we want to control insulin levels. Insulin is used to digest everything. Not only is it used to digest sugar, but it's used to digest protein, carbs, fats, fiber. So as we all know, sugars and simple carbohydrates have a very high glycemic index, meaning we produce a lot of insulin to digest them. And whenever the body produce a lot of, uh, produces a lot of insulin, it's usually telling the brain to store things away as body fat. So we okay. want to stay away from insulin spikes.
1: Okay. I think, I think that makes sense for, for our listeners. So if you're eating really sugary foods, you're going to spike your insulin in your body. It's going to tell your body to store this as fat basically yes
0: and now that's where the other parts of food come in so we have sugar and a sugar right can we can also call sugar a carbohydrate but there's also protein which is important but more importantly too there's also fats so what fats do is fats actually knock down the glycemic index hmm. so that's where fats come into play interesting uh, Fiber also does the same thing. Sorry to interrupt you. Fiber sure. also knocks down the glycemic index. I,
1: you know, I wonder if this has something to do with uh, so many people on the ketogenic diet who are, you know, they're eating so much fats. I, you know, I, the question in my mind is, is that pl- helping them, you know, regulate their insulin levels because they're eating so much of it? I don't know.
0: One hundred percent. So that is the importance of fats. Fat fats have many, 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 um, obviously important aspects, but that's one important aspect is knocking down the insulin spike. And regulating the rate of digestion.
1: You know, this it's dangerous talking with you because I want to get onto five different tangents at this point. You know, it's just like we were taught. You know, growing up that eating fat was bad. It's going to make you fat. Eating fat makes you fat. You know, it's pretty easy to make. You know, we were taught that you need to eat three meals a day. Something that I'm learning now is not true. You know, depending on how much output you're you're you know you're performing as an athlete. I think some athletes probably need to eat more than three times a day, but, you know, for the everyday person, I don't, you know, I don't know if three meals a day is, is, is a real thing, you know? Um, but the, you know, so the number of, you know what, we should probably back up and, and learn a little bit about your background. How do you know so much about all this stuff?
0: You know, I don't know if I know any more than the next person. I'm just very passionate about it. A lot of the things that I kind of stick to is basic science and basic biology. Um, I'm, uh, so I'm 30 years old and I, I got into this when I was about 18 years old when I first started to go into college and I started to take some biology classes and I started to get into, into weightlifting. So I'm kind of short. I'm only about five, eight. And I figured, you know, if I couldn't get any taller, I, I wanted to get bigger. Like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And, um, during that time, somehow I got into bodybuilding and I actually ended up, uh, winning some really big competitions in, uh, the Southern part of California. Um, and that led to me opening up a supplement store and, um, I really was never a big supplement taker per se, uh, which is what led me to opening up my own supplement company. So once I had the supplement store, I was really aware of what was out there, what was being manufactured and the highest quality companies. We're using the lowest quality ingredients and they weren't giving them to us at at efficacious dosages. They were also using a lot of questionable uh, artificial colors, artificial sweeteners, and a whole list of things. So that's what I learned from having the supplement store.
1: Tell our listeners
0: what that means, an efficacious dose. What is that? So really what we need is we need enough for the ingredient to actually work. If you pick up a supplement and you look at the back of it, A lot of times you're seeing things in the milligrams, maybe 250 milligrams or 500 milligrams. Really, we need grams. So 1,000 milligrams would be one gram. A lot of these uh, uh, compounds that we're looking for, sometimes we need two, maybe five grams for them to work. So when we say efficacious dosage, enough for the ingredient to actually work in the body.
1: So how does does the customer know what an efficacious dose is if they're buying something that they think is going to help them in the gym and, and it just says, hey, this has this ingredient in there and there's, a, there's not an efficacious dose. How does the
0: consumer know that? It's really the best solution would to be to buy pure individual ingredients, which is what I do with Proven Nutrition. So usually if there's a product that you really like, there's only one or two active ingredients in there that's working, whether it's a testosterone booster, a fat burner, something for strength, something for aerobic performance. Usually it's one active ingredient there that's doing the job. And so what you want is you want just that one active ingredient and you want it at the highest quality form and you want to be able to regulate how much you're putting in your body.
1: That's interesting. So backing up a little bit, you you just named some, some things that we would take, uh, supplements for strength, cardio. Uh, you, you know, I, the question now comes to my mind, what happened with the hydroxy cut? I don't know if you, are you familiar with hydroxy cut? <laughs> I'm going to ask you in a second, what happened to them? You know, they had something that worked, you know, back in the day and the, the FDA shut them down. My understanding they had to change their product. Um, is that worth talking about real quick? What was that all
0: about? Oh, that's more in the stimulant category. So that's more in something where you're giving your body so many stimulants, it's uh, curbing your appetite and you're really just starving the human body where things like we were discussing fats before, a good essential fatty acid is actually going to burn fat. So there's things like uh, CLA, which actually uh, burns fat. It's a, it's an essential fatty acid that burns fat.
1: So, so CLA is legit is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. What about something like whey protein?
0: So whey protein is somewhat of a gimmick and not really recommended because it's a byproduct. It's what's left over when they make milk and cheese. It's the leftovers. Yes. So, Wait
1: a second. Are you saying that milk and cheese have higher quality protein than
0: the whey protein? You could basically look at it like that. It depends on how much you're spending on your whey protein. And it depends on what's in there besides the whey protein, how much lactose and and other ingredients are inside of there. So if you have a a 30 gram scoop of protein, there might only be 20 grams of protein in there. So that means there's 10 grams of of other stuff that your body's digesting.
1: And how does the consumer know that?
0: Uh, Basically looking at the supplement facts, but like we discussed whey is a byproduct from from milk and cheese so it's the leftover Jeez. byproduct
1: i did not you know in, until you told me that i did not know that
0: um, not yeah not good stuff that's why a lot of people have a lot of digestion issues when it comes to whey protein
1: what is the so casein is the stuff that goes to the bottom it's also is it also a waste product
0: from exactly the- exactly so whenever they make milk and cheese there are two byproducts there's whey that's what floats to the top and casein is much thicker and fattier and it sinks to the bottom. Usually, what's suggested is whey protein during the day, and they sell you casein to use at night. So, casein breaks is a lot thicker and fattier, and the fats, like we were discussing earlier, fats are going to break down a lot slower. So, they want you to use casein at night so that it stays in your system throughout the night.
1: And you get this slow protein digestion. But do you? Do you? Sorry, go ahead. That's the selling
0: gimmick. That's how they're selling it.
1: So they're doing it to sell it to you not not so much that it is actually good for you
0: it's b s because it's the most affordable protein that has the biggest margins, so they're oh, trying to make geez. the most profit the I most see. margins, and that's also where blends come in that's where blends are coming in, so they can disguise the ingredients and disguise the cost in there
1: oh my goodness so so that's a pretty big thing i mean there's a i mean I know tons of people taking whey protein thinking that this is going to help them build strong muscle, and what you're
0: saying is it's it's not it's it, not so there's two kinds of whey protein there's usually going to be a blend because it's going to be more cost effective so mm-hmm. they'll sell you a blend and that blend of protein has a couple different kinds of whey protein maybe a normal whey concentrate a whey isolate uh maybe perhaps a hydrolyzed whey there might be a couple different ones in there and what they're going to tell you is that each one breaks down at a different rate so there's a bigger anabolic window i kind of disagree with that um So I think that if you're going to use a protein, you want the highest quality form of protein. Um, Selling you different kinds of protein is like someone selling you different kinds of gasoline. If you're going to buy gasoline, you just want the absolute highest octane and the highest quality. You don't want a little bit of 81 and a little bit of 87 and a little bit of 97 and a little bit of 110 octane. If you have a high performing vehicle, you just want the absolute purest, highest quality form. So – Sometimes instead of a blended whey protein, what they'll sell you is a whey protein isolate. Hmm. So that is a little bit higher quality. What happens is it's a whey isolate. So it's so isolated away from the whey that (laughs) all that's left is amino acids.
1: Okay. And and that's what we we want. We want those
0: amino acids. Exactly. Now, the problem here is the amino acids, what happens is – your body digests it very quickly. So those i the, the 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 protein is so isolated away that usually the body, especially if you're on an empty stomach, the body's most likely going to burn and turn that protein into a carbohydrate to hmm. feed your brain, the number one most important organ. Sure. So really what we want to do with like an isolate is we want to pair it with a fat. What kind of fat? Uh, well, usually we want to do like an essential fatty acid. Like we were just discussing coconut oil, flaxseed oil, something like that. Interesting. I, you know, there
1: is a report. I don't know if you saw it just came out a couple days ago that some, somebody said, I think he was a professor or something that said coconut oil wasn't good. And I, I've been taking it for a long time. I cook with it. I, I, I use it and everything. What are your
0: thoughts? So you're saying coconut oil is fine. Is it, is it good? Yeah, I mean, it's still one of your essential fats. I think anything can be abused. And, you know, everybody's body is differently. That's why we want, you know, we want to know what we're putting in our body all the time. And mm-hmm. we want to regulate those things. Um, but I think, you know, it can, it can be great for people. And it's still essential fatty acid. And essential fats have amazing benefits. Absolutely. And coconut oil is one of them. Um, like we discussed earlier, the human brain prefers to run off of carbohydrates. But from a lot of studies show the body absorbs coconut oil so quickly and, and and likes to run off it so really likes to function off of the fats that um, you get a lot of cognitive benefits from yep. it as well. Yep. So it breaks down and, and and gets turned into ketones pretty quickly.
1: And my understanding is uh, the ketogenic diet, which we had a guest on uh, uh, Chris Becker, who lost a hundred pounds on the ketogenic diet. You know, he he eats it all the time. Uh, the coconut oil is a medium chain triglyceride. It's, its structure is actually a little bit different in the medium chain triglyceride. My understanding is a key component of the ketogenic diet that is prescribed by hospitals for children with epileptic seizures. And it has a very high cure rate. It's like 50%, which is really interesting. And you know, they have these kids that have seizures. And, the, and so they put them on this, this ketogenic diet high in, in uh, medium chain triglyceride fats and it cures them of seizures, which is mind blowing. So
0: that is, yeah, that, that's, that's insane. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Medium chain triglycerides, that's what's so important are, are all, is like you said, MCT oil. So MCT oil is the good part of flaxseed, the good part of coconut. Mm-hmm. It's really the length of the fat molecule. It's similar to what we were discussing with the carbohydrates, the simple carb and the complex carb. It's kind of the length of that carbohydrate molecule and the same thing with the fats, whether it determines whether it's good for you or bad for you.
1: And fats, you know, you know I have a science background, you know, as I uh, studied genetics, you almost got a PhD, but, um, you know, in terms of all the things that you could put in your body, it, it's, it feels like there's not enough education. For, this is why I keep on asking you this question is, is, you know, how does the consumer know that the general everyday person doesn't know these things? Uh, you know, they're being told that fat's bad for you, but you need fat to create hormones in your body, you know, in your joints need a certain amount of lubricant. And so fats are essential. And, you know, we have a young student who doesn't know the better and is starving themselves on a, you know, whatever diet and, and they're actually hurting themselves. And so, it kind of feels like there's this lack of edu, there's this gap of educate good information, where the supplement companies are, are cranking out what it what it sounds like is not great quality stuff just to make money on it, and people are are buying. You know, I spent thousands of dollars on supplements. You know, and uh, what I hear you saying is whey protein is not the best. You know, caffeine and stimulants are not the best. If somebody wanted to get enough protein, you know, as a bodybuilder, sometimes we hear the one to two grams per body, per pound of body weight, you know, that's that's kind of hard to eat in a day. What would be a better way to get that that high quality protein supplement if it's not whey or casein?
0: Most likely, so, so through liquid form still would probably be the best form. But one part of protein is that we're not uh, thinking about is really we're building muscle when we're sleeping. So a lot of the protein that we're drinking throughout the day Do we really know if that's helping us recover and build muscle while we're sleeping? That's one big thing. So what's amazing about the human body is the human body will really produce what it needs when it needs it. And one thing is protein. So, the body can actually synthesize and make protein in the human body out of things that are not protein. So, the body can basically synthesize protein out of carbs, out of vegetables, out of fats. The only part of a protein molecule the human body cannot make, we know it is branched chain amino acids, BCAAs. Mainly leucine. So, the most current science and scientific journals is showing that leucine is not only the main amino acid for repairing and rebuilding muscle tissue, but once you give yourself leucine, the body can synthesize the rest of the protein molecules as necessary, as needed. Mm, interesting. So, sounds sounds a little crazy, I know, but this is this is somewhat basic science here. So. Uh,
1: right now I'm drinking um, a plant-based protein. Would that be higher quality than whey?
0: I think so, because with whey and milk-based proteins, since it is milk-based, we don't know what that cow ingested and what life that it lived. Opposed to a plant-based protein, we know where that plant came from, and you can control the quality of the amino acids a little bit better, I feel.
1: Interesting. So, Another question that I have for you is: I hope we can talk about core. We may have to do that in part two. Um, <laughs> core, core Core fit is amazing. Uh, kind of off the topic, though, is that something I noticed in CoreFit is that it comes in this vacuum-sealed
0: package. Why is that important? So again, in the supplement industry, um, you're going to see a lot of tubs and a lot of a lot of tubs that are half-filled with oxygen. And the problem is, like we discussed, are a lot of the things that we're looking for are healthy, natural amino acids. Our muscles are made up of amino acids. Protein is made up of amino acids. And a lot of the supplements that we're purchasing are made up of amino acids. And those amino acids only stay amino acids for about one week in oxygen before a lot of them start to die. For example, glutamine, which is one of the most important um, amino acids. It's found inside of our protein molecule. It's something found inside of our muscle tissue. And that will stay glutamine for about one week in oxygen before it oxidizes and dies. So everything has a bioavailability. And what we want to do is we want um, everything to have the absolute highest bioavailability. And another thing that we do, since we don't use any artificial colors or sweeteners, we, only, we uh, color and flavor it with real fruit. And for core fit, we use micro-dried blueberries. Mm. So that's another reason why we want to take all the oxygen out of there, is just to preserve the freshness.
1: So let me back up on this just a, just, a, just a second here. You're you're telling me that after a week or so, glutamine breaks down in the presence of oxygen.
0: I know it sounds crazy. Again, this is this is some pretty fairly basic science.
1: So, <laughs> hang on a second. Basically, what that means to me is, is, if I buy a big bin of glutamine and it's in open air access. To oxygen, it's breaking down. So you're losing you're losing the effectiveness of that supplement in oxygen. Yes, is what you're saying. Exactly.
0: Now we got to look at it too a a couple different ways. So for instance, let's look at beef. Everything is made of amino acids, right? So let's take protein and let's take actual raw animal beef that can be dry aged and sit out in oxygen right? And it can break down and you can, um, you can re carve it right and cut all the fat and cut all the bad parts off and you can get to the good meat inside. Same thing with cheese. Cheese can sit out and sometimes oxidize, but something like fish, fish, you cannot dry. It's fish. If it's an oxygen just goes bad. And same thing too, in a grocery store, a lot of the time, right? You're, you're never serving things that have a bioavailability. You're never letting them be exposed to oxygen. So oxygen and water are the two things that's going to make something break down and, and oxidize. Hmm. So we want to stay away from oxygen and we want to stay away from liquid. Same thing with our food and also with our supplements. So when we launched Proven Nutrition, we wanted to do things the right way. And for us, this is doing things the right way scientifically. So
1: backing up again, just just a second here. So if somebody somebody buys a big tub of glutamine, a huge tub of it, let's say, the longer it's exposed to oxygen, the less effective
0: it's becoming. The less bioavailability, absolutely.
1: That is, That is mind-blowing to me because I don't think most people, I didn't know that until you told me, It it almost sounds like there are certain supplements you want to store in a vacuum-sealed container. That's what it sounds like.
0: Absolutely. Or, you know, same thing like when you have a loaf of bread, you know, you want to push the oxygen out of it. So... I oh. think putting things in tubs is the wrong way, and you can really show the amount of focus and attention that's put by these supplement companies on the science. There's not there's not a lot of science there that they're really focused on. I feel because this is really the only right way to uh, to store supplements to keep supplements. So you'll see pouches getting a little bit more popular. Oh, the, like like Corfit. By the
1: way, for the listeners, Corfit comes in a biodegradable. It's like a paper craft pouch. It comes vacuum sealed. Uh, There's a wooden spoon in there for, uh, you know, the idea in the packaging is that, you know, it's not harming the environment. You think about all the tubs put out by supplement companies everywhere. (laughs) There's, There's tubs everywhere. And the thing that, you know, the take home message that I'm getting from this is that number one, whey protein is not that great for you. It's not a high quality protein. Number two, whatever is in there is breaking down because it's being oxidized. And so in the end, you're paying you know, 30, 40 bucks for a tub of something that's really not high quality protein. It's really not that effective anyway. There's better ways to do it. Um, that's, that's what I'm getting from you. And, and you're saying the best way to do it is to get it in its pure source, a high, high purity, uh, sealed separately. So whatever, whatever, uh, stimulant or not stimulant, any supplement that you're getting, it should kind of come in its own thing not mixed with everything yes
0: yes and you know since we're on the topic another way that whey protein is kind of being abused is not only is it overpriced it's also overused and it's kind of used in the wrong way sometimes and i think that's uh people use protein post-exercise a lot so are you familiar with this post-exercise protein yeah i mean yeah yeah that's i mean that's the most common thing is is they talk about this anabolic window that is open after you exercise and yep. yeah, a lot of people think that you need to drink a protein shake post exercise. And it's not necessarily the bad, bad, once again, depending on who the person is and what their goals are. But, um, if you have a really expensive protein, when you're done exercising, remember we talked when your body needs energy, it's not the food in your tummy and it's not your body fat. It's what's inside of your muscles, which is carbohydrates. So when you're done exercising, you have depleted all the carbs out of your muscle. You sucked all the energy out of your body. So post-exercise, your body is screaming for energy. And it specifically needs to feed the number one most important organ, which is your brain. So when you put anything into your stomach, whether it's a protein, whether it's a carb, whether it's a fat, whether it's fiber, your body does not care. It's going to turn and utilize and synthesize that carb, or in this case, that whey protein. It's going to turn the protein into a carbohydrate to feed your number one most important organ, which is your brain. Hmm. So it's basically turning that expensive protein into a carbohydrate to feed the brain.
1: So after a post-workout, it would be better to get some carbs into your body.
0: Yes. Now, obviously, if you're trying to lose weight, are you going low carb, no carb? If you're staying away from carbs for health purposes, et cetera, there are other ways to get around that. And maybe for that person, a protein is the right option, and it's okay to let the body utilize and turn that into a carbohydrate to feed the brain. That's okay, but let's discuss that and talk about that, and people should know that's what's happening to the protein when they're drinking it. And remember, the main reason why they're doing it is because they think that there's some kind of anabolic window mm-hmm. post-exercise. My belief is we are growing and repairing and building muscle when when we're asleep at mm. night. So make, it would make
1: more sense to, to have a carbohydrate drink post-workout and your protein drink when you go to bed.
0: Uh, once again, depending on what your overall goals are.
1: To, you know, lose weight, and, you know, get cut, get a six pack, all that stuff. Sure. Well, that's
0: honestly, that's really why CoreFit was created. CoreFit is there's nothing better that you could have post-exercise rather than core. So there's a little bit of carbohydrate in there. Um, even something like glutamine, what's not discussed is glutamine is, is an amazing amino acid. It's an amazing supplement. It's uh, pr- It's found inside of our muscle tissue. It's also found inside of our protein molecule. And glutamine actually reloads the glycogen levels inside of the muscle cell without eating carbs if that makes sense interesting so it actually puts carbs puts glycogen back in the muscle cell interesting has has some other amazing benefits um and and or you could just go home and look and you know and have a meal within an hour there's i think different ways of doing it
1: yeah i you know obviously in talking with you, you, you're very big on what is available in food. What is, what is a sustainable, that's the word that I hear you use. What is a sustainable form, form of nutrition, not these stimulants that are not natural, you know, we're not
0: getting. So my solution, sorry to interrupt you, my mm -hmm. solution for post-exercise is core fit. So, so that is my solution.
1: We're gonna we're gonna talk about core fit, and, and I think we're gonna split this into two parts. and And the reason is there's so much information that you have given us so far, and so much more that you're about to give us. It kind of feels like we should break this up into two. So I'm gonna save my questions about core fit for the second half of the interview, and in this part, I have some questions about some other supplements uh, that you guys
0: uh, let's talk about DAA. What is DAA? My DAA from Proven Nutrition? Yeah, yours. Oh, so my DAA from Proven Nutrition stands for D-aspartic acid. So uh, everyone sees the commercials on television. Uh, They've heard about them from friends. Uh, Male enhancement products, whether they're testosterone boosters, uh, things like that. There's a a lot of different ones. Usually if you ever pick up a bottle of a testosterone booster, you'll see a bunch of different ingredients back there. You'll see tribulus, fenugreek, horny goat weed. There's a lot of them, yeah. but only one really works. And that is de-aspartic acid. So that's what we use. Um and aspartic acid is all natural and it's telling your pituitary gland to tell your testes to produce testosterone at your body's own optimal.
1: So all these other Male performance enhancers, they're garbage, is what you're saying.
0: They really, really, really are when it comes to naturally producing testosterone. But DAA is legit. DAA is the only one that's actually legit. And there's many different forms. Once again, if you choose Hmm. big supplement companies, like I told you, they're going to use low-quality ingredients, meaning there's a deaspartic acid, but there's also something called deaspartic acid calcium chelate. It's just a lot higher absorption um, and a lot higher quality, like the difference between silver and gold. So most companies are Mm going to use a flat deaspartic acid. We use a deaspartic acid calcium chelate, and we also sell it pure by itself so you can regulate how much you're putting in your body. So once again, you can get it at an efficacious dosage, and you can determine uh, when you take it and how much of it you take.
1: Fascinating, and and by the way, we're going to be giving all the information about Proven Nutrition. Your website's provennutrition.com. com. You are on Instagram at provennutrition. Uh, yes, and you sell DAA right on your website. You can just buy. Yes, it. and it's actually yep. not that expensive, to be honest with you. It's uh, not at all. I think it's like twenty five bucks, thirty bucks, something like that. Twenty five bucks.
0: Uh, and you're getting um, you're getting sixty servings out of that. That's that's
1: and you're saying that's for so for any male who is you know in their late you know, mid to late forties, fifties, you're looking for, Oh man, even, yeah. You know,
0: after 25 years old, we, uh, produce less testosterone every year Mm. after we're 25 years old, we, we start producing less and less testosterone. And as we get tired and as we get stressed out, uh, we don't produce testosterone at one level. There's a lot of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also after we exercise, we deplete a lot of our hormones. So if we can reintroduce a testosterone booster post-exercise or on our recovery days, it's going to help boost our hormones, sure. which will help boost recovery. And,
1: you know, that's – it's actually a pretty huge thing because I know guys who they have their T levels tested that's low and they're on hormone therapy. And, you know, just a little bit of education, you may not have to go the, that hormone therapy route if you just,
0: you know, know – I didn't know about DAA until you told me. You know, I had no idea what it was. One of the best DAA stories I've ever heard or deaspartic acid stories, um, I have a customer and he actually is on prescription medication for depression and it kills his libido. Hmm. So it's this really, you know, scary two way street where he's fighting depression. He takes the medication, loses the depression, (laughs) but doesn't have a libido. Yeah. So that just, I'm sure puts the guy right back in the depression when he, you know, he can't, um, you know, can't, can't perform. So what he does is he uses diaspartic acid when he takes his medication and he's able, it saves his libido basically. And it's just completely say it changed his life. So he can stay on the medication that he needs to stay yeah. on and utilize that. And, uh, he can still, you know, keep his girlfriend and, and keep his performance and all that stuff. <laughs> That's, that
1: sounds like a really tricky catch 22 is like no one situation. And, and, you know, it, it, slightly off the topic, you know, I, I had gained some weight, uh, about eight months ago and, and, um, it, it had gained so much that I was getting sleep apnea and I couldn't get rest and the rest was causing me to stress and gain more weight. And I couldn't get out of that cycle, and, uh, I had everything, te- everything tested. And the funny thing about it was the doctor came back and he said, it's, it's your vitamin D levels. You're not getting outside enough. It, it, you know, is that interesting? And so, um, you no, know, I've heard of these catch 22 situations where it's like, it, whatever you try to fix, it doesn't help the other one. And that is super tricky. Another supplement I'm going to ask you about beta alanine. What is that? What does it do for
0: us? Sure. Beta alanine is one of the most important supplements. Um, if anyone, we talked about pre-workouts earlier, if anyone has ever taken a product and got a tingly feeling all over your body, usually that's the beta alanine. So we have two pathways in the human body. We have an aerobic pathway, which is cardiovascular, and we have an anaerobic pathway, which is cellular energy. And when there is no blood and oxygen going into the muscle cell. So that's really where beta alanine comes in is beta alanine helps us on our, in our anaerobic pathway by buffering lactic acid. It pushes lactic acid out of the muscles. Usually when we're exercising and our muscles start to fail and fatigue, it's from a buildup of lactic acid. And so what the beta-alanine does is it it buffers that and pushes the lactic acid out of the muscles. The only catch-22 with beta-alanine is that tingly feeling you get all over your body. So you kind of have to be pretty serious about increasing your performance, but it it works absolutely uh, incredibly, incredibly well. I can
1: I can attest for it working. Um, it, when we talk about core fit, we'll talk about the Warrior blend, adding these things together to the drink. It is legitimately like Popeye's spinach. When I take I like when I when I drink that, I can hear the Popeye music in the background. Da, 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 you know, that's what I hear. And uh, just Monday, we had this we had this uh, wad that we were doing it for CrossFit. In my and and so I, when I've been taking the the Warrior mix um people are questioning my times i had a few people they're they're like you didn't you just didn't do that you didn't beat this other guy here by two there's no way and i'm like yeah i did because when i don't take it i'm like one of the last guys to finish that's how much of a difference they're like how are you doing this i'm like it's the warrior drink it's the warrior blend and um you know, I think I had the second highest time. The only people, the only person who beat me was Paul, who's who is a, he's a, you know, an endurance runner, you know, he's a top tier, you know, and so there's, there's no other explanation for it that when I take things like beta alanine, I'm not tired. I don't get as tired. I just I think, feel like. I, I
0: think because we're covering all those bases, we talked about aerobic, anaerobic pathway. We talked about energy. We just talked about uh, hormones. And that's really what we're doing with that warrior blend is where we're covering all those basics.
1: And we will talk about the warrior blend when we get to core fit. Um, a couple other, so
0: let's talk about creatine. Absolutely. Oh man. Creatine. Creatine. Special little supplement.
1: What is it? What are the, what are the differences between the types of creatine out there? Is it legit? What does it do for you? What's the, what's the deal with, and I've been taking creatine my, you know, since my football days, I on and off, when, when I was playing football it was creatine monohydrate, you uh, sell a product called creatine hydro, HCL or hydrochloride, I believe. Um,
0: what are the, what, so I'll let you speak what is, what is creatine and what does it do for you? So creatine is one of the most legit supplements out there and it's, it's really kind of funny because there's been so much misconception misconception you know whether it's good or bad. Um, you're going to hear a lot more about creatine lately, and I'll, and I'll tell you why in, uh, later in a, in a little bit here. So with creatine, there's many different forms. As you mentioned, there's creatine monohydrate, okay? Um, like our body actually produces about one to two grams of creatine a day. So let's just talk about that first. Our body naturally produces creatine, okay? So I don't know if a lot of people already realize that, but it's naturally produced by the body.
1: What does it do for us? Tell us, tell us that somebody who's never heard of it,
0: what does it do for you? So just to do it simple, cellular energy. Okay. So we talked about an aerobic pathway and an an anaerobic pathway. Aerobic, when there is blood and oxygen to the muscle cell. Mm -hmm. Anaerobic, which is the creatine pathway, is when there is no blood and oxygen to the muscle cell. So how much stored energy is in that muscle cell? And that also correlates with strength. How much energy you have in that muscle cell is, is really cellular energy, and that also correlates to strength. So cellular energy, not only our muscle cells, but also our brain is a muscle. So on a cellular level, our brain's energy source is actually creatine before sugar or glycogen. What? Or glucose. Really? Yes. Huh. So that's where the cognitive and <clears throat> mental benefits come into play for creatine. There's huge mental uh, benefits for creatine. So creatine is naturally occurring in our food.
1: But <laughs> if if we're not getting it in our food, enough of it in our food, we can supplement it with
0: the actual product. Yes, especially if you're a vegan or a vegetarian because a lot of these important amino acids or like creatine is going to be found usually in meat sources. Mm-hmm. So if you're not having a lot of meat, then creatine is, is definitely something you're going to want to supplement because your your body's going to produce about one gram to two grams a day and you need about another uh, one to two grams through food. Interesting.
1: So it just gets you the the amount that you need and you don't have to worry
0: about eating… Five stakes is basically what you're saying. Exactly. And you just got to think of it as cellular energy, whether that's strength or cellular energy, where you're thinking mental energy, cognitive energy.
1: It's fascinating. I wish I would have known that, taking some of those tests in, uh, in, my, <laughs> in my postgrad work.
0: Yeah, this creatine hydrochloride. So usually creatine monohydrate, they want you to kind of use a lot of it because there's very low absorption. The old rule of thumb was You needed to use 20 grams, which is a lot, and you need to use 20 grams for five days. And at that point, the body kind of reaches a saturation Mm -hmm. level and you can Mm -hmm. back off. Um, Once again, that's a very old, low-quality form. The the creatine-proven nutrition uses is something called creatine hydrochloride, and the hydrochloride has to do with absorption. So instead of using 5 grams or 20 grams, you only have to use 1 gram, 1.5 grams. Wow. Anywhere between one to two grams, and as soon as you use it, is as soon as it works. So if you drink drink a little bit, you're core fit, and you're driving down the road on your way to the gym, you literally feel it kick in immediately. It's it's pretty amazing.
1: What is the difference between creatine monohydrate versus creatine HCL? I, when I took creatine monohydrate, I remember gaining ten pounds of, of weight almost immediately. Uh, I'm thinking,
0: yeah, thank you so much for bringing that up. So creatine monohydrate actually retains water in the muscle cells. So the creatine monohydrate, a lot of the benefits that you get from that creatine monohydrate is from this osmotic process where you, uh, take water from outside of the muscle cell and push it into the muscle cell. And this isn't a bad thing. This is a good thing. But that's where the water retention comes from. Uh, part of the bloating also comes from creatine monohydrate because since you have to use 5 grams or you know up to 20 grams a day, um, it won't really per- pass through the permeal membrane of your stomach. It won't pass through that lining in your stomach. So sometimes people get a little bit bloated that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, once again, that's the monohydrate. That's not what we manufacture. Proven nutrition is, is creatine hydrochloride. So once again, as soon as you use it is as soon as it works, but there is no water retention, but you still get the same strength benefits.
1: So awesome product obviously i use it you use it um bodybuilders use it it's it's pretty incredible but i i I like the fact that it doesn't it doesn't make me gain weight it doesn't make me feel bloated It doesn't make me feel weird creatine monohydrate it actually it kind of did something it made me feel weird something that was yeah yeah.
0: that that's what keeps a lot of people away from the creatine monohydrate and especially women as well that's why a lot of people don't like the creatine monohydrate
1: sure especially the bloating and the the water retention it's you know look a little puffy kind of but um, coming back to another supplement that you sell, citrulline.
0: Citrulline. Citrulline is one of my most favorite supplements in the whole world. And citrulline pa- pairs really well with, with beta alanine. Um, citrulline malate, basically, citrulline malate, it comes from uh, watermelon. And what citrulline malate does is it breaks down and it turns into L arginine. And L arginine is one of the amino acids inside of your protein molecule. And its job is to relax the muscles around the veins, and it dilates your veins and blood vessels, and it sends fresh blood and fresh oxygen to all working muscle cells, everything from your brain to your bicep. Wow! And using that before and during the exercise, that blood flow will help in performance. Just like in your car engine, it's the oxygen that's explosive more than the gasoline. Same thing in the body. The fresh blood and the oxygen in the blood, that's where the performance comes from inside the human body. And then once again, incorporating that post-exercise is going to send fresh blood and fresh oxygen to the muscle cells, and that's going to aid in recovery, pushing out all the lactic acid, the ammonia, and the waste products inside of the muscle cell so that recovery can occur. So using it pre-exercise for performance and using it post-exercise on your rest days.
1: Interesting. And so- for those who are interested in this warrior blend, let's just tell them what the warrior blend is. It's the core fit plus creatine plus the aspartic acid plus citrulline plus beta alanine. (laughs) Taking it all is it is seriously incredible. So here, here I am getting ready to work out. I'm vasodilating. I'm putting all this creatine energy into my system. Uh, My lactic acid is, is going to be buffered. So I'm not going to be as tired as easily. And then we have everything in core plus a testosterone booster all at once. And so you you guys can imagine what this does to your body when you're about to go do a heavy, it's, it's like you're, it's like you're on fire almost, you know, it's just like, you know, I don't know how to explain it. Um, You're,
0: you're perfectly dialed. You know, it's, it's like an engine. You need air, you need fuel and you have, you need spark and you have ignition. And it's the same thing in the human body. If you cover all those pathways, right? The hormone pathway, the anaerobic pathway, the aerobic pathway, and giving your body energy, you have everything, what you need, you know, everything your body needs to perform. And it just feels amazing.
1: It is, it is a truly incredible pro. I mean, we'll talk about this when we talk about core fit is, it's one of these things that if you try it, Uh, you're going to be hooked on it. You are going to be hooked on it. Um, So we've covered a lot of different types of supplements. We haven't talked about Cysis. We will uh, probably when we get into the core fit discussion out of the things that we discussed so far. What are some of the other handful of supplements that actually work? When I first met you, you said, the truth is there's only you know, so many things that actually do stuff for your body and what, what manufacturers are doing. They're just putting the same ingredients in different combinations. It's, it's pretty much all the same stuff. What, what are these, it's talked about CLA. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that is legit? Um,
0: there, there is, but I think we want to take a step back and we would want to refocus our attention on the products that we even just discussed Okay, because, Because when we talk about walking into a supplement store, and yes, there's tons of things in there, and there's tons of different products, so many of those products aren't necessary. And the reason why they're not necessary is because, like we also discussed, you have two pathways. You have an aerobic pathway and an anaerobic pathway. Mm -hmm. Well, there's only beta-alanine is really one of the only tested, proven ways to open up that anaerobic pathway, along with creatine opening up that anaerobic pathway and as far as the aerobic pathway, there's several different forms, but the highest quality form is going to be citrulline malate, opposed to using something like L-arginine, where it doesn't really get through the digestive tract. So when you walk into a supplement store, or if you just want to start incorporating some supplements into your regimen because you want more performance, when we say performance, what do mean by performance? Well, there's the two pathways, aerobic and anaerobic. So even though there's a million different products out there, there's only those two pathways that we can use and open Mm -hmm. up for performance. Mm -hmm. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it does. And then really where this comes into play is now post-exercise for recovery. So not only do we want to incorporate supplements for performance, but we also want to recover. We want to grow. We want to build, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that where these supplements into play, We want to incorporate a lot of these products post-exercise and on our rest days. Mm-hmm. That sometimes, or even like this warrior blend that we just discussed, yes, it's very important pre-workout for the performance, but it's almost more important to drink post-exercise and on your rest day because that's when recovery is coming into play.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. So when we're done exercising, our heart rate goes down and those two pathways, the aerobic and anaerobic pathway, are closed off or shut down, meaning there is no more blood and oxygen going to all those muscle cells that just got done working out. So incorporating all these compounds post-exercise is going to be very important.
1: I see. Uh, what are your thoughts on something like niacin as a vasodilator? Have you heard
0: of that? Yeah, not as a vasodilator. So... Um, kind of, that comes into play with citrulline malate. Mm-hmm. People know those as nitric oxide stimulators. And there's many forms. There's, there's arginine, L-arginine, arginine nitrate, citrulline, citrulline malate. There's many different forms of nitric oxide stimulators. But one there's going to be one that's higher quality than all of them. And that's called citrulline. citrulline. And there's many different forms of citrulline. We use something called citrulline malate. So that's a compound. It's it's something called L-citrulline, which comes from watermelon, and it's a malate, which is a co-salt. And basically what it's going to do is it's going to break down and it's going to turn into L-arginine inside of the body, mm. opposed to just taking L-arginine by itself, which is prescribed a lot of times by doctors. It's used very widely in the supplement industry, but mm-hmm. the problem is, is it really won't get through the digestive tract. I see. So- was, so uh, nitric oxide stimulator, the highest quality form would have to be citrulline malate, and it's healthy and, and naturally occurring. I see, yes. excellent.
1: So you're saying citrulline malate's better than nice. and I know a lot of people take nice. Yes. to flush and and, and once
0: again, that's the aerobic pathway, so that mm-hmm. helps with cardiovascular and oxygen flowing to the muscle cells.
1: Interesting. Is there is there anything off? You know, we're we're approaching an hour here on our first part of the interview. Um in the second part of the interview I want to talk to you you know what does somebody like you with your knowledge do to create a supplement because you you clearly know the things that are working and you have very strong ideas about what is not working what's what's expensive what's not beneficial in the history behind Corfit and, and and what how you put it together because it's all interesting my understanding is you're also giving away Corfit to all my listeners um so in the description of both this interview, in the next interview for CoreFit, if you guys want to try CoreFit, there'll be a link. My understanding is you're asking them to cover shipping, uh, but you're going to give them some samples. They can try it out, see if they like it or not. And, and the other products are there as well. They can try those products. We'll put those links in the description. Maybe there'll be a discount. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I everybody I have offered. And by the way, I have. I, I, I don't work for you. I have, you've never paid me nothing. It's just a product I love. Uh, we've talked about business. I made a commercial for you, but I'm, I'm not on your payroll. Um, and that's, that's just for full disclosure for, for the listeners. This is a product that I really love. I'm really passionate about it. Everybody that I've introduced it to, uh, starts drinking it. And, and so we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, so, and by the way, if you guys haven't seen the commercial, I'll put that on. We made a fun commercial. I did it for, for free. Just did it for Richie because I'm passionate about his product and we really love the commercial. But um I, you know, after we had shot it, then it was when I really started learning about what was in it and how well it was designed. So uh I think we're gonna end part one here and we're gonna start part we're gonna start part two in the next episode, it which, which for our listeners will come out in a couple days after this episode. And in that in episode two, we're going to talk about core fit, what it is, what it does, how it was designed and why it's probably one of the most amazing drinks you can have if you're an athlete and and all that. And we'll talk about in part two. So, so let's wrap, wrap up part one and I will see you in part two.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much to your listeners. Thank you, Richie. We'll talk to you in the next episode. Take care. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.